0: Welcome to our Hakel podcast, episode 33 in the series "Classic Take," where we will discuss a classic topic: in the matters of Mashiach. This year is dedicated to the nishmas Yeshua Yisroel Mekhlben Zev Arye. The question is: Will Mashiach provide us with free housing? Yet, yeah, it's one of the uh, most important needs of human beings: is to have a house to live in. Will Mashiach provide us with free housing. So, first of all, let's discuss a little bit where we will live when Mashiach will come, how we will get there. So we know that when Mashiach will come, one of the fundamental promises, predictions, basic foundations of the future redemption is that we will all be gathered into Eretz Yisrael. Now we know that when the first Jewish people first came into the land of Israel, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to divide the land amongst the tribes, the, ter- the, the Yidin conquered after they finished conquering Eretz Yisrael. They divided the land amongst the tribes. there was a whole structure how this was done. There was uh, they divided the land according to the value of the land and according to the amount of people in each shevet. And there was a whole exact uh, procedure to how how they divided the land in actuality. There was a raffle and it was done through a HaKodesh, There was they knew ahead of time through divine inspiration which tribe will get which. Part of Eretz Yisrael, the whole miraculous procedure which the Gemara discusses and uh, Rashi also brings it down in Chumash, where he discusses in Pasha's Pinchas, the division of Eretz Yisrael. And uh, Yidin had Eretz when from that point on. Then the Jewish people were exiled. The 10 tribes were exiled more than a 100 years before the remaining Jewish people were exiled from Eretz Yisrael. And once they were exiled, they in a certain sense, they lost possession of the land. And the Jewish people returned during the time of the Second Temple Era. And when they returned to Eretz Yisrael during the Second Temple Era, there was no new division. In other words, whoever came to Eretz Yisrael and settled in the land acquired the land that he was on. And uh, there was no... Prophetic division—the the, 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 prophet was no prophet that said that this tribe should get this territory, that tribe should get that territory. And the reason is very simple: because most Jews did not return to Eretz Yisrael, so the ten tribes didn't return, and even those Jews from the other tribes, from the other two tribes, only a minor, not 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 all of them returned. Only a certain amount of them returned. It was an incomplete return to Eretz Yisrael, so there was no proper new division. Now, when Mashiach comes, we have a prophecy at the end of the book of Yechezkel, which speaks about how Hashem will divide, it speaks about a new division, a Chalukah, chadosha where Eretz will be divided amongst the tribes, and it gives certain specific details. It mentions it will be divided into 13 segments, and exactly, more or less, the way the segments will work will be very different than the original division of Eretz where the territories weren't necessarily equal territories, and... They were based on a certain estimation, a certain part of Eretz Yisrael, but in, in the way it's described in the Cheskos, will be 13 strips of land, and uh, they, will be, they will be divided in equal strips. And it goes on also to describe Yerushalayim and so on and so forth, certain very different details than the way it was originally divided. And this is a matter that discuss the Gemara discusses it in Bava Basra. It actually discusses the uh, that there'll be an extra portion, there'll be a thirteenth portion which will be given to Mashiach or to the tribe of Levi. The various discussions, halachic discussions, and other discussions that are discussed based on this new division. But that is not the focus of today's shir. I Just want to focus on the fact that when Mashiach will come, there'll be a completely new division. In other words, the original way how Eretz was divided to the, to the tribes before Mashiach comes will be, so to say, abolished, and there will be a new division that will be made once the Yiddin into Now, our sages actually explain that this new division will be much greater than the way it was originally divided. It says that in the future, each single person will have where it discusses the division of Earth's Yisrael explains that every Jew will have a portion both in the mountain and in the valley. There's certain things that are better to that the mountain is better for, certain things the valley is better for, but each person will have a full fledged the complete inheritance of all different types of land, of all different types of earth and territory that will Make his nachl, his inheritance, complete. Now there is a interesting discussion that is really not this, uh, spoken about too much. But you know, when Mashiach comes and we have a redivision of Eretz Yisrael, so the Shavu explains that the previous division will be abolished. So it really creates a lot of discussion, which is you know today, let's say, a lot of people own land in Eretz Yisrael. So Mashiach comes, you know. I'm from, let's say this person is from Shevet Manasha. And he has territory wherever it is, in Ches and Chevron, in Svas, in Yerushalayim. And Mashiach comes, the tribe of Manasha gets their portion somewhere else. And this land that he has right now is now designated to go to Shevet Yehuda, to another tribe. So technically, it would appear that he loses his. Um, Bilus, his ownership of that land, his ownership of the land is not the, an, an essential ownership. It's you know the land of Israel essentially belongs to the Jewish people because Hashem divided it to them. When the previous division is abolished and the new division will be set up, so theoretically he will lose his territory that he has, and he would get a territory somewhere else. Now obviously in the lo- you know he's not really losing out. No Jew is going to lose out when Mashiach comes. We we're just discussing from a very legal halachic perspective, that we we, we sometimes don't uh, think about it in these terms. When Mashiach comes, a lot of things will change. The whole ownership of Eretz Yisrael, the way it's now, will fundamentally change. Now the truth is, even before we discuss the Chalukah Hadoshah, the new division of Eretz Yisrael, if we think about it, if I own a piece of land, wherever it is in Eretz Yisrael, essentially, there's a bigger, I mean, there's a more relevant question that applies even in today's day and age which is what is my real rights of ownership to that land I mean essentially this piece of land belonged to some Jews years and years ago that was their inheritance that Hashem granted them they were the land of Israel was conquered by the nations of the world and the Jewish people were exiled but halakhically that land still belongs to the original Jewish owners so what right do I have to use that piece of land that I bought money for if essentially it doesn't belong to me, it belongs to Jewish owners from many years ago. And this involves a lot of, there is a little bit of discussion about this that's discussed, and a number of poskim contemporary um, shalas at shuvahs discuss this particular question. There's different, there's obviously there's no clear-cut answer on it. There's different views, there's different viewpoints. And generally it's accepted that since the original owner, we don't know who the original owner was, so nishta'ka the 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 name, the uh, connection that it had with the original owner is lost, and therefore we have uh, this also a concept of yiyush, maybe that people have given up hope of ever regaining back that land, and therefore the uh, whatever way how we possess it now, we bought it from, we got it from wherever it was from the Arabs or whoever I means throughout the generations, a trade at hand many times, but legally, halakhically, it would belong to the Jewish person that owns it now, even though technically it should really belong to the Yershim, to those that inherit the land going back from generation to generation all the way back to the original Jewish owners of this land. But since we don't know who those owners are, even though today they might have children, that legally would inherit that land, but since they have, we don't know who they are, they don't have an idea themselves that this land belongs to them. So therefore, legally, there is uh, halachically, there's a concept that the land would belong to the one that owns it today. However, definitely when Mashiach comes, and there's a new redivision of Eretz Yisrael, so the question really, I mean, it becomes very strong and potent... Uh, the, the fact that Eretz Yisrael doesn't just belong to you because you paid for it. It has to be that this is the land that Eretz decided belongs to you. And when there will be a new division of Eretz Yisrael, things will change. People will live in their designated designated territory for their shave. But again, no one is losing out on anything. On the contrary, the future division will give a Jew much more than it has today. But it's just uh, interesting to focus on it from a very legal Viewpoint How you know we, we sometimes don't realize how things could change dramatically fundamentally when Mashiach will come. The truth is that even when the Jewish people returned in the time of the second Beis HaMikdash, it's also unclear. Let's say a Jew had land in Eretz Yisrael and he was exiled during the first Beis HaMikdash and he returned 70 years later when they returned after Golos Bavel, after the exile in Babylon and they got they went back to there to, to the Eretz Yisrael, the, the land it still inherently belonged to the Jewish person that owned it before. Or when people came and they just settled in any land that they found, they didn't necessarily give it back to the original owners that were there. This is also a matter of some discussion. It seems to be a little bit of a machloikis, disagreement about this as well. But either way, it's just a interesting concept, which I haven't really seen too many people speak about, how exactly things will work when Moshiach will come. I mean, let us just be a little nitty-gritty over here. You know, if I uh, buy a piece of a house from someone in Israel, and then uh, Moshiach comes right now, I didn't yet pay him up for the house, and there's a new chalukah, there's a new division of Eretz Yisrael. Am I going to still have to pay him up for for the for the house that I bought? Which, first of all, I might, I probably might be transferred to another territory. The uh, the original owner of the house. We'll get another that territory somewhere else, completely different. It's not that original house that he sold me. is not part of any of our territories now. It's interesting questions, obviously. when Moshiach will come will take care of it. There's nothing to be worried about. But I'm just there's a certain technical legalities that obviously um, is, would would uh, halachically take place at that point. So this is regarding the. Uh, where we're going to live, Hashem will give us a territory. Eretz Yisrael, we won't have to pay rent or a mortgage to anyone for that territory that we have. We will get it. Each Jew will get his territory from the himself. How will each Jew have a ter- territory in Eretz Yisrael? We don't have to worry about it. There's a number of madrashim that explain that the land of Israel will expand and so on and so forth. But uh, that's what it says that there will be a. Every Jew will have. The Rebbe brought it down a few times. Chesedis discusses this that every Jew will have a a full-fledged, complete territory, complete with all different types of of land, harsh, feyla, imak, a mountain, a valley, and a lowland. And uh, there won't be anything that any Jew will lose out. In addition to that, besides that uh, aspect, it's also discussed how the there, for example, let's say Yerushalayim, it's discussed how Hashem himself will build up Yerushalayim. And also the houses that we will have, it's discussed how, you know, obviously Hashem will give us a lot of riches, we'll have beautiful houses when Mashiach will come. The purpose of having a beautiful house is not just to enjoy life when Mashiach will come, that won't be the first thing in our mind. But when we have physically, we have a herchava, we have bounty, we have you know, the, uh, the, the, the body is able to feel at peace and at ease, so that helps a person learn Taita. So usually today, we're living in a world where physical endeavors contradict, conflict take away, distract from spiritual pursuits. So having a beautiful house might have might lead a person to you know just sit in and, and, and enjoy his surroundings and not focus on, that won't be the case, having a nice house will only enhance, it will give us harkhava, will give us a peace of mind, make the body feel at ease, that we should be able to dedicate our lives completely to serve Hashem. In addition to all the above, we also know there's a famous concept that's discussed in a number of Sfarim that when Mashiach will come, our houses that we have now outside of Eretz Yisrael will be transferred to Eretz Yisrael. So, for, for those Jews that are living outside of Israel, this, this says that the houses that we have will be transferred to Teretz And this is based on a Gemara. The Gemara says in Megillah, that when Mashiach will come, all shuls, all Bate Knesis, or Bate Midrash, places where we daven and we learn Taita, will be relocated to Teretz and uh, the, the term of the Gemara really says that it's the shuls and the Bateh how the houses of study that are in Bovel. Bovel, that was the center of Jewish life at that point, but uh, other places, uh, another there's other versions that say Bechuznor, it's outside of Israel, that, that it applies to any shul outside of Eretz Yisrael. And uh, the, brings, the Gemara brings interesting Kavachim. The Gemara says that the mountains, Mount Carmel and Mount Tovar, so these mountains were established in Eretz Originally they weren't part of Eretz originally they were somewhere else, but they uh, came from Aten they wanted to, to come, that the Torah should be given on them. So uh, they, because they, and whatever this means is, discuss, is, is obviously lends itself to various interpretations, but it says that these mountains left their place to come to present themselves by by matan Torah, that hoping that the Ebrei would give Torah the, on them. Obviously, the Abish gave Torah at the end in You are not on these mountains, but since they came to hear Torah, it says they were established in Eretz Yisrael. So it says, so schools and places of study where they where they learn Torah and they and they spread Torah. So much more, so they will be deserved. They deserve to be relocated to Eretz Yisrael. This is something which the Rebbe mentioned a number of times, and it's, it's, many poskim actually discusses, and many, there are various ways of understanding this. The Moggen Avram understands that when it says that they'll be relocated, he understands it very simply. The whole building, plus the under the, the land that's underneath it, will be relocated towards Yisrael. Other people say it's only the building will be relocated, or only the land will be relocated. Some people explain this completely different. In, in a completely different manner, and they say that it means that the holiness of these shuls and these boti medrashos will go to Eretz It Doesn't mean that the, the physical earth and the physical stones of the building go to Eretz Yisrael, but yeah, obviously, as in everything in Torah, there's many different schools of thought. But either way, a lot of a lot of uh, poskim, the Magen Avram, and many other sources clearly hold that the the actual building will go back to Eretz Yisrael. Obviously, it will be in a miraculous way. And uh, this is this is connected also with the capital that we say the Rabbi's capital this year it says mm-hmm. that the Poseid says that I am happy when they say to me that I'm going to go to the house of Hashem we say, mm-hmm. that our feet stood at the gates of Yerushalayim. The Mashan the Skemata Megill explains that what does this mean? It says that when we go to Shul, so we are happy when I go to Shul because I know that this Shul will be relocated later to Yisrael and will become will become part of Yerushalayim. And he explains that when I'm standing in the Shul, it's as if I'm standing in the base HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. That's why I'm happy when I go to Shul. And then the posse continues, Yerushalayim Kirsha she'chubro lo'yachtov, that Yerushalayim that will be built for Moshiach Hukam will be like a city that is attached together. And he explains this to mean that he brings the meddash of Moshiach Hukam, the Beis HaMikdash will be as great as Yerushalayim, because the, all the shuls that we have in, in the whole world will be attached to the Beis HaMikdash. So therefore Yerushalayim will be very big, because it will have all the shuls, of, uh, in other words, sorry, the base hamidrash will be as big as Yerushalayim because all the shuls will become attached to the base amikdash and therefore um, the Yerushalayim, the base hamidrash, will end up being as big as Yerushalayim. And um, let's explain the many places that when we are in the base in the in the shul today, we are in a place that has the Holiness of Eretz Yisrael because eventually when Mashiach will come these places will be relocated to Eretz Yisrael. Now, although this statement in the Gemara says about shuls but there's a famous verse of Rebbe Levi's and the Chassam Sefer says a similar concept that when Mashiach comes, not only the Batei Knessis or Batei medrashis, the shuls and the yeshivas, the places where we learn title will be relocated to Eretz Yisrael but also every Jewish house where a person davens and learns and does mitzvahs will also be relocated to Eretz and uh, in a certain sense, they Yitzchak of Bar explains this with the Kalva V'Chomer. He says that in a shul we daven, we say Shema. In a Jewish person's house there's many mitzvahs that we do, you know, we have mezuzah, we have uh, we have we have the mitzvah of learning Torah, of benching after eating, and so on and so forth. There's many more mitzvahs. That you could, in a certain sense, that we do in a in a in a uh, in a house more than a shul, davening is an important mitzvah. But nevertheless, a lot of davening is only the Rabbonin, is only rabbinically instituted. But in our house, there are many mitzvahs that we perform that are obligatory min biblically. So he says, if a shul be relocated to Eretz Yisrael, it's how much more so our houses where people daven and learn and do many mitzvahs. They give staka, They bench after they eat. They have a mezuzah. So all those places will definitely be relocated to Eretz Yisrael. The Rebbe also even once said that even the streets that people walked upon, and they said the Torah, will be re-established in Eretz So this is an interesting concept, again, exactly how it will work, with all the legalities. <laughs> Obviously, uh, you know, it's an interesting question. Will we, you know, if somebody lives in somebody else's house, what's going to happen? his apartment fly away to Ertz Yisrael in one place, whatever. Obviously, when Moshiach comes, we'll understand exactly what and how all this means. But this is definitely a concept that we will not lose our ownership. Whatever we have in Chuzlar, it's outside of Eretz Yisrael, we will not lose. It will become transferred to Ertz Yisrael. One final point I wanted to mention is that discussing the concept of free housing, it obviously brings to mind the idea of paying up a mortgage. So the Rebbe one spoke interesting Sikh and Shabbas Pasha's Bolok, Tav, Shem, and The Rebbe explained how a Jew has a responsibility not only to provide for his family, but he has a responsibility to hold up the whole world. That his avodah through his divine service, all the worlds are sustained. So a person might ask, How do I have the ability to do that? I I'm just barely sustaining my wife and kids how do I have the ability to sustain to hold to, to, to provide for all the worlds so uh, the Rebbe says he, sure, he has to provide for his family but he also has the obligation to take care of all the worlds so Percy, so the Rebbe says the Jew could argue and he say Halvay, if only I could pay up the mortgage at my own house, how could I deal with all the worlds?" so the Rebbe said that the same way he has the mortgage on his own house he says Hashem also has a mortgage He has to pay up. What's the Abish's house? The Abish created this world because He wanted to have a dwelling place for Him in this lowest world. And what's the mortgage that the Abish needs to pay up and Abish needs a Jew to pay up the mortgage? So the Rebbe says, that's the divine service of a Jew. Hashem says Hashem has everything. <laughs> Hashem, so to say, is in control of everything besides besides the fear of heaven person has free choice to decide what he wants to do so the Rebbe said that Hashem so to say needs us you know it's not up to him so to say you know it's up to us we're the ones that have the free choice to serve the Apisher. everything is in Hashem's hands, besides our own fear of heaven so Hashem needs us to pay up the mortgage so uh, when a Jew gives Deibesher Yireh Shemayim, he serves Deibesher, is so to say, is, quote-unquote, paying up the mortgage for the house, for making this world, creating this world, to be a dirbetach So a person could further argue, says, okay, first let me pay up my own mortgage, of my own house, and then, and Halvaya uh, able to do it completely, and then I'll worry about paying up Deibesher's mortgage. So the Rebbe said that your own mortgage you could pay up at the end of the month, at the end of the year, you might be able to refinance to get it get lower prices. It says but the Abish's mortgage is something you can push off from one day to the next. It's call yemu Vyem every the whole existence of all the worlds depends on the daily divine service of Yit. that's not something that could be pushed off for later. But either way, obviously when Mashiach comes Hashem will have paid up his mortgage. The, uh, the avoid will be complete. We'll have Adira B'tachtonim. And Abish's house, we will have our houses, free housing, however it's going to work. But Hashem will also have his house. We'll have Adira B'tachtonim. And more importantly, it says that the whole goal is the whole exile is one big mortgage. It says, for example, when not went into Mitzrayim, why did they go to Mitzrayim? Because in order to get there, Yisrael. It says the told Avram Avinut that they they're going to be in exile for 400 years and then they're going to get Eretz Yisrael. So it says that Esav didn't want to go to Galus, didn't want to go to exile. So he decided to let Yaakov keep Eretz Yisrael. He's not interested in the whole deal. So the whole Galus is a mortgage that we're paying up. A mortgage to be able to get to Gula. So Mashiach will come. That mortgage will also be paid up. The should help. We should merit the coming of Mashiach. Take it from Yad Mamish. Classic Take is produced by Todal's Podcast Productions, producers of the Daily Boost, the Weekly for Power for and Meshiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.